time to relax. You know what that means. It's time for the show that nobody listens to, but is still outperforming Birds of Prey. Uh, this is the original Jankster's podcast. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank, and not outperforming Sonic the Hedgehog, apparently. That apparently <laughs> no. has beaten all of the old uh, video game adaptations in previous movies. That's astonishing. Yeah. That really is astonishing. I did not see that coming whatsoever. Um, the reviews on this thing seem wildly like disparate. Like you see some people being like, "Oh, this is great," but they're like Doug and uh, Rob Walker like fucking hated it like cancer. <laughs> so it seems like you either really love it or like you hate it. Yeah, it's an interesting because even uh, Jeremy Johns is like, "It's good. It's not a terrible movie." And Jim Carrey definitely does Robotnik well. And I was like, "Huh, interesting." And I heard some other reviews on just like ran, you know random stuff online. It's like, hmm, this is very interesting because you're getting like this wide swath of just reviews, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's the first movie in a long time where we're just getting diversity that's actual diversity instead of people just going in and either review bombing or uh, praise bombing a movie. This one's just like, okay, it's just it's a tweener. I think a lot of people probably <laughs> got drawn in just because after the. Uh, the fixing of Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. they decided to give this, uh, the studio basically like, Hey, you know what? I'll give you the kudos. We'll go in on that weekend. I doubt it's going to be as big next weekend. I don't even know what's coming out, but I think that this weekend was big. Uh, yeah. I looked it up today cause I was trying to buy tickets and, uh, for next weekend and there's shit. Oh, it They're making. Well. Yeah. Like I think the biggest release is Brahms, the boy too, which why they made a sequel to the boy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what the boy is. Um, uh, remember that was that movie. It was a horror movie. It came out in like January with Lauren Cohan from uh, Walking Dead. And she was like oh. hired to be some nanny, but it was just a, a doll. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, this does sound familiar. Um, but there was a big twist in that movie where it's like, oh, it turns out to not be what you think. Whereas this movie just seems like it's going back on that. And now it is exactly what you thought it was. <laughs> Now it is just ghost bullshit. Oh, that's so I was nice. like, what? <laughs> when did Invisible Man come out? Oh, I think that's uh, the end of the month. It might be like February 28th or something like that. Okay. Because we might. I, Carol and I definitely want to go see that, so we'll probably go see that in theaters. Good move. Yeah, I'll definitely be seeing that one. That one really does look good. Yeah, it does. I'm excited for that one. But, <clears throat> yeah, okay. Well, um, there's Sonic. There it is. Go see <laughs> yeah, it. Good for them. I mean, it's 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 nice to see that they get rewarded for actually listening to the fans. Yes. Uh, when so many people are trying to spit in the fans' faces at all times. Yes. It's nice to see them get a return on their investment here, which, I mean, that's what you should do is you should make something that people want to see. <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard. I mean, it's really go not. ahead and do your own vision. That's fine. But if your vision is something that nobody wants to see, hey, you know what? I respect your vision, but here's the thing. Nobody's going to watch a shitty movie if it doesn't meet up to their expectations at all. <laughs> if you put <laughs> an actual like rat on there. That. Like, oh, these fans are so entitled. But it's like, movies are a luxury. We're not just going to go see them just because they're there. <laughs> yep. You have to give people a reason to go to the theater. They're not just going to be like, oh, I'll take whatever crap you give me <laughs> and show up. Like, no, this nope. isn't like toilet paper where you have to buy it. <laughs> otherwise you get ostracized from society <laughs> well you don't have to buy toilet paper that's the thing is just get get all your food paper or plastic paper always paper <laughs> and there you so go so many paper cuts 
Ha, you get used to it. <laughs> One time. It becomes a calloused butthole. <laughs> One time someone thought it was their lunch bag and took it to school. Oops. <laughs> Wrong move, Junior. <laughs> they learned an important lesson that day. <laughs> All right, well, we're here to talk about Jay and Silent Bob reboot today. Yeah. Do we want to do your list first and then save that for the for the end? Uh, into that, so we'll spend some time on it. Okay, yeah, let's do the list then first. So I guess instead of Jane Silent Bob reboot right now, we'll go into the top thirteen games I've made, <laughs> and actually, <laughs> not, and whether I published them or not on the Game Crafter, basically I own them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many of these you'll not be able to play but listen anyway yeah or I'll touch you. <laughs> it's true with the with a paper bag um yeah these are games that i've made uh in some form or another whether it was get through gamecrafter or something that i've done as i grew up um i didn't put pd games because apparently the d that stood for derek doesn't remember making the game at all so that was <laughs> nice that's hurtful yep. yeah <laughs> basically started really, my obsession my but here we are fairly. um <clears throat> but yeah so uh i've got four honorable mentions really quick uh there were games that basically felt either incomplete or just didn't work very well or just not a good game uh hmm. war which was a game that basically was war the game <laughs> yep that's that's the first problem uh-huh uh basically it's not even like a you know star realms or something you're ripping off that some people might not know i think everyone on the planet knows war <laughs> yeah this this was uh, a game that i mean it regular war works because you've got four suits and you know <laughs> which cards are going to be in the deck uh, because obviously if i played a four clubs and then i still have the other fours well, this one has, I, I don't know, like 300-something cards. They all have funny pictures and whatnot, but it was just it was just stupid. Um, but I liked <laughs> drawing the pictures, so that was fun. Uh, the other one was Tactic Legends. There's been many iterations of this wacky game. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, from the original Tactic Legends that I brought over to uh, Kevin slash my grandma's house when we were growing up. Yeah. Um, we played, it was basically my first board game I ever made, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. It had cards and little tiny stapled pieces of paper. Um, yeah, but then it grew up into something different many times. Well, whatever. Yep, There's that name legend. lived on for a while. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, Death Trap was a game that I wanted to work, but it never <sighs> did. It seemed like it was no. going to, but... A couple of times, there were a couple of attempts, and every time, right down the poop hole. Yep, it became a Putin nanny. And uh, <laughs> the last one is World of Etheria, which is a technically my first big box game that I made. Uh, you know, and when I say big box, it included you know a full size playing board with cards and uh, you know a lot you know different components and stuff like that. Not just like another card game like Lost, Quest for Lost Pixel, which I'll talk about later. Um, this, this included a board and it was the first time I ever really did a board or anything like that. So, um, this game didn't work at all. Um, it needed <laughs> a lot of tweaking. I thought, I, I thought it was going to be amazing. It was my first like deck building style game. And I thought it was going to be incredible to get these cards. This game should have taken 30 minutes to 45 minutes to play. And it took about two hours. And I said, this is a problem. Holy shit. Um, 
this game was way too long and it's because it was way too slow and there was so much tweaking that I needed to do and I didn't even know where to start so I completely just gave up it was fun to do all the different artwork for it it was another pixel game that I made but unfortunately it was just like something I, ha I had to let this one go and this is around the time I started letting pixel art go as well so um, wow. the last bastion of those yeah I love the name Bastion. All right, so let's <laughs> let's go on to uh, number 13. Number 13, uh, the reason it's number 13 is because it was outspoken. Uh, the name was outspoken somewhere else, and this is Spellbook 1.0. This is big, uh -huh. one of my very first games that I did on the Game Crafter in which you had a, uh, a deck of random, I think it was like 50 cards, a random deck of 50 cards, and then your opponent would have a deck of uh, 50 random cards, and you would just face each other by playing different cards, and uh, basically these these cards would do damage or protect you from damage, and uh, when you took damage, you would actually draw from the top of your deck, and once you whittled your opponent's life all the way down to no deck, then they would lose and you would win. Um, I like this idea, and you'll see this idea a couple times with this deck representing your life, um, but... <laughs> Uh, that was the start of that. I thought it was a very cool concept. I guess other games have started doing this in like modern times. I thought I was clever, and maybe I still am. I feel like I it was a cool <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, you might have been at the front of that curve. Yeah, maybe if I did something with my life, it would have done done well, but who knows? All right. <laughs> Speaking of decks as your life, Dungeon Arena is my number 12 game. Dungeon Arena uh, was at the forefront of my pixel art days. This is where I... Uh, I got the, the basically the rights and the license to a bunch of artwork from a game through uh, Dungeon... Oh, what was it called? Dungeon Super or something like that. I don't remember. Um, but basically, I got uh, a bunch of like this art for free from this one artist who does this game. And he basically offers this to a lot of other people who can use it uh, royalty-free. So I was like, oh, sweet. So I started doing all these cards for a game uh, that takes the same concept as Spellbook, where your, your deck is your life. But this time it played in such a way, it was kind of like Magic the Gathering, I guess, uh, but like a speedier version. Um, and the benefit of this game was is you didn't need like dice to represent your life or all these counters and all these like wounds and all this other stuff. Um, it all came in a box. You just get, you know, bring your deck however you wanted to make it. You verse somebody else and... Um, you just needed the cards that you brought. You didn't need all this extra stuff. And I thought that that was yes. really fun and cool. And Gully, Gully and I would play the bejesus out of this anytime we had training. I, this might be one of my most played games. Um, <laughs> but it was fun just making decks. I mean, I, there were so, there's so many cards in this game. Um, it's fun. It, it's still a fun game. Um, but that is one of the funnest things. Like even with dice masters, like I've made so many, like I wrote down like, Oh, here's a good deck. I'll probably never use them, but <laughs> cause we don't play it enough. Yeah. But yeah, I wrote them down. It's like this, Oh, this is cool. I like making decks. Yeah. It's finding that fun synergy that works. Like he made a deck called the slim Jim deck, which was just a bunch of slimes. And, uh, the slimes are cool because they're, they don't do a lot of damage, but they're very defensive. So it was hard to break through. Um, but then I would always have, uh, I always tried to make a deck that basically I had a, I can't remember the exact term for it, but uh, when he would do damage to me, I would flip uh, cards off the top of my deck and I had a certain, I can't remember the, the trigger word or whatever, but it would uh, give me benefits, uh, a ton of different benefits. Every time I'd flip a card that had that word on it, it would give me either more life or draw cards into my hand or put a bunch of monsters on the field. It was really cool to just see the different ways that we would come up with decks. Um, yeah, I really like that one. 
but yeah, Dungeon Arena is a fun game. The only reason it's this low is it's just really hard to get into because it isn't just a, all right, let's set up the game and then play. It's, you know, you got to sit there, you got to make a deck. And then once you make a deck, yeah. and even you worse read than all that, the I have to describe the game. And then you're going to look through every single card. Because we tried to do this during training once. Is we were like, hey, uh, Shu, you should probably, you know, uh, let me show you how to play the game really quick. And then you should make a deck. It, I, we didn't even play that night. It took him like three hours to make a deck because he wanted to look through all the cards, rightfully so, because he wanted to figure yeah. out which cards to put in his deck. So that was Dungeon Arena. It's still a very fun game. I enjoy it a lot. Um, wow. Just, I didn't even realize I did this. But moving on to my number 11, <laughs> also using your deck as life, Retro City Rumble. This one, you did oh, not man. have to create your own deck. It was pre-made for you. And actually, both decks were identical. This was a very, very fun game. I really, really like this game. This is where I decided to just streamline the process to where, all right, you get this deck, I'll take this deck, and then we draw our five cards. And this was even more streamlined because each card, I got a lot of these ideas from uh, Pixel Tactics, where each card could do one of three things. It could either be uh, a fighter that could fight for you, in front of you, uh, kind of like a monster in uh, Dungeon Arena. It could be a trap card, so you'd place it down upside down, or you can use it as an action card in which it would have a one-time action, then you discard it from the game. Um, and you can only play one of these fighters each turn, but the same thing applies almost like Yu-Gi-Oh! style, where if I did more damage, like if I did eight damage to your five damage, you would discard three cards because I went over that uh, fighter's life. Um and it streamlined the game so well, and I wanted to keep going with it, but I kept going all sorts of different directions with the artwork, and I couldn't figure out the back <laughs> art. And then, and then eventually I just started getting very confusing with some of Because I wanted this like ultimate game of like uh, all these fighters being so different and diverse. and <laughs> They sure were. Yeah. <laughs> eventually uh, you were getting some really weird ones. <laughs> I loved them. <laughs> um, I love them all as well. That game is so much fun. I was I needed I needed a uh, um, an African American representative, and so we got projects. He was pretty great. Um, we had There's like a, any job you could imagine, there was something for. Yeah, I really tried to do as many things as you possibly could, from babies to a survival guy to um, there was a, a chef. There was a construction guy. There was everything. I wanted just the craziest diverse cast ever. And I feel like <laughs> I did that quite well. Um, <laughs> I didn't make a president. I need to do that now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. I know I <laughs> made a few. One I know, card. <laughs> I know I, need, I made a few since I print, had it printed, but I don't know. I couldn't. I know, like, Yellow Jacket was one of them. It was an actual, like, Bumblebee. Um <laughs> Because I needed an insect. Yeah, there was just so many crazy characters. There was a, a fast food mascot. <laughs> um, anyways. That's... I love the zookeeper. He was great. Yeah. With all his different animal parts. Yeah. Like a fish head. That thing was crazy. Super cool. Speaking of Retro City Rumble, my number 10 is Kid Nitro 1 and 2. Kind of cheated there, but basically they're the exact same game. It's a solo game. Uh, in which, obviously, you're just going to be playing uh, the game by yourself. You'll set it up, you'll be playing the part as Kid Nitro, and you're going to be going through different levels like you do in Mega Man. And what you'd be doing is trying to find these gems, I think. Or no, pixels is what I called them. You're finding the pixels mm -hmm. to spend on different parts on either to fix, I think, in the one game it's an airship or the uh, the, the, the drill, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're trying to... Uh, 
built parts to these different machines to get to the end of the game, but you needed to defeat all the bosses first. Once you did that, and then you get to the end of the game, and then I believe you would fight like one like mini boss, and then uh, Mickey Finn himself. Um, this is such a great game because in each one of these, uh, I gave like the uh, the bosses or whatever I call them, the robot masters, basically a bi- uh, a bio. <laughs> On back of card, <laughs> so you got to read these crazy stories that seem to be more dark than funny in some of them. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Sinister Sickle, I remember his was real dark. His was dark. <laughs> Dr. Milk was kind of dark. Um, <laughs> his was confusing, but amazing. Yeah. We never did find out exactly what his history was, just the involved <laughs> <laughs> milk. <laughs> it's true. Um,. <laughs> But yeah, that was the best part about that game was just reading all the bios. It is a fun game, though. I haven't played it in a hot minute, but yeah, I do like that game. Yeah, those are great. <laughs> those games are really fun. I do like how you kind of incorporated a reason for uh, why you're going to all these stages before you just go to the big boss, which Mega Man really never did. It's just kind of like, you have to beat these guys first. Why? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, try, I, I don't know. It, it was just fun. I really enjoyed making those games, and I did all the artwork for those games, which is not... It's, especially nowadays that's not common at all um but yeah like i think kid nitro man that was like maybe uh-huh. one of the no world of theory i did all the artwork for that too i guess but yeah kid nitro for sure i did every single piece of artwork for that game that took forever yeah, but anyways <laughs> oh i guess the same thing it with uh, great, retro city rumble did all the artwork for that one as well mm-hmm. all right number nine is dragon spark this is another uh, solo game only. I did later like come out with an ex- like an expansion to where you could do a co-op, but it was never meant to be co-op, so it doesn't work as well. Uh, but like okay. every time I played this with anybody else or like sat somebody down to play it, they're like, "Oh, it'd be fun to play with somebody." So I tried, but it wasn't made to do that. It was just made for you to just play some cards. And basically, uh, Dragon Spark is a game in which you're going to go through I think five different realms, and in each one of these realms had different monsters, but the um, it had three waves of monsters. The first wave it only had one, and the second wave had two, and the third wave had three. So it get progressively more difficult in each one of these realms. Um, and each monster in each realm would get more difficult. But the cool thing was, is after you finished each wave, what you would be able to do is draft new cards into your deck because it's a deck-building game in which you start off with a very basic uh, deck of cards, but then you'll start to draft these new cards into your deck, which made your deck even more powerful. Um, and then eventually I came out with a couple different expansions for it to where, like, after each realm, you'd be able to go to the market and then uh, you'd be able to get new items and different like armors and weapons that would even make you more powerful. And at the end of this all, you would fight the Dragon Spark itself. And if you didn't do it in a certain amount of time, it would turn into this insane dragon. It was su- it's such a good game. I really do like this game. Yeah, I remember we played this in uh, South Carolina in the hotel. Yeah. It was... um, I, rem- I had my dad play this too, and he's like, it's so weird because I'm playing this game, but I'm not playing with anybody else. It's, just, it's, pl- it's almost like it's playing itself. And then I have to try to fight it. I was like, yep, that was the point of the game, Dad. Yeah, like a game of solitaire. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun game, and it's thinky because you're trying to figure out which cards to play or which monsters to hit first because if you don't kill the stronger ones, then they're going to hit you back even harder and you've only got so much life. It's a fun game. I really do like Dragon Spark a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight is Dreamscape. This is a game that Kevin and I worked on uh, through the YouTube TCG community, like homemade TCG community on uh, YouTube. Um, this is where uh, 
we took a bunch of donations of art and the game was completely inspired by the original way that we used to play Pokemon. Um, I really love Dreamscape. It's such a fun game. Um, it's it really a simple, is. simple game, but we added enough like cool like mechanisms in the game to where it kind of made it thinkier. It wasn't just like play a card and then keep doing damage back and forth with each other. Like the <laughs> cards that you would choose to put inside of your like 15 card deck was, you know, sometimes crucial because you're trying to hopefully get the nightmare cards out there and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, get your basic guy to turn into a nightmare because all your monsters are these doodle dreams. It's such a cool concept. And I really enjoyed this game a lot and I still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it was only five cards per round. So you're picking 15 cards, but you're kind of hoping that you get the right ones in the right hand. <laughs> yeah. And that was the cool part about the game was because when we used to play as kids, the Pokemon version, we would only pick five cards, but this was the best of, you know, the best of three, obviously. So it was, um, uh, it was a lot more fun trying to figure out those 15 cards and then you shuffle those cards and just hope that God, you get those five cards that you really need. Yeah. Um, it's like trying to use Exodia and Yu-Gi-Oh and just like, oh, you only get five cards. Yeah. Hope it's th- those exact five. Fuck. <laughs> it is. It is a ton of fun. I do enjoy that one. It's uh, yeah. dreamscape. It's great. Uh, number seven is Evolution X. Evolution X is a very fun game because in this game is a worker placement the game. Most recent entry. Yeah, it's actually the latest game that I think I've worked on, yes. Uh, this one has taken up a ton of time. Uh, the only reason it's down this far is just because I really, really like the other games a whole, whole lot. Um, and this one's a little lighter for my taste, I think. It's still a completely great functioning game. Uh, I love being able to try to catch certain... of. We'll just call them Pokemon. Basically, it's a Pokemon game. Um I love being able to try to catch certain Pokemon or try to get the certain Pokemon I need to evolve my current Pokemon um, and then going through the gyms and fighting the gyms so I can get to these newer areas, which is super fun. It's a very fun game. It is a little luckier because obviously uh, to catch these Pokemon, you have to roll dice and, you know, you've got a certain percentage on how well you do that. But of course, you can also go to the the shop and get better Pokeballs. Um, It's a very fun game. I do like this game a lot. I played it solo, Kevin. And it works amazingly. It really does. Um, You do have to... I did change it from, I think I said, 50 points before. Um, It's easy to get 50 points. It's going to be a 100-point game. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I think I played solo the other day and I got 76 points. And I was like, I could definitely squeeze in uh, getting 100 if I really, really tried. But just a little bit more difficult. Um, But yeah, uh, you could play the solitaire if you wanted to, which works really really well um but yeah it's just you go around catching pokemon you're trying to do the best you can to evolve those pokemon and then go to the gym to try to get even more points it's it's a fun game i do enjoy evolution x a lot there's 269 of these pokemon (laughs) and is the pokedex fully complete no (laughs) this has been a very busy last like two weeks um i've got plenty of time again i uh kevin's big gift for uh his christmas slash birthday this year is going to be evolution X and, uh, and I'm trying to not just cram his game filled with just the board game, but I'm giving him a bunch of additional stuff that's evolution X related. So I have a lot of fun ideas that uh, will surprise Kevin when he opens the box. Oh, um, it's last not... year. My present was revolution X, the Aerosmith game. Yep. You can get that on the switch. <laughs> that game is garbage. All right. <laughs> oh, I used to love that game when I was a kid. The next game <laughs> is number six, and that's Drunk Driver. Drunk Driver is a fun drinking game uh, slash, I wouldn't say trivia game. It's a category game that uh, 
I was inspired by by one of Nick's drinking card games that he got for around his birthday. Um, he got this like weird card game, and it had all these different things that you could do in the game, like I don't know, whatever. But the best part of the game was cat, you know, these categories. And I was like, I could totally make a game out of that, and just make it make that the focus so i did and mm-hmm. i love that game oh my god it's so good i want to redesign <laughs> it to make it the entire way to south carolina yeah like basically i think six six of those hours i think uh <laughs> were spent playing that um it's a very fun game i very very much enjoy it i do want to kind of redesign it not so much uh the, the mechanisms of the game but like the cards themselves i think kevin's right it's a little too black uh, so um, I do want to actually draw the artwork for this next batch and, you know, ha- nice. add some a little bit of fun to this. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Drunk Driver is a great game. I've played this with so many people, and it works so well if you're really into drinking. Um, and, of course, the more you drink, the stupider you get, and the more you're going to have to drink. So that that's a great. That's just great. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Alcohol poisoning is fun. Yeah. Uh, number five is Quest for the Lost Pixel. This is the biggest game that I had. I, mm, yeah, that I would say that, well, maybe Dungeon Arena. Uh, but this is definitely a humongous game. This takes, mm-hmm. uh, it could take up to 15 minutes to play to, I think, eight hours to play. This is a huge, epic, sprawling game in which it's like a roguelike. That's what my basis of this game was supposed to be. It was a roguelike game in which you choose one of many different heroes and you're going to be just just traversing uh the dungeon there's 10 floors in this dungeon you're trying to get to the uh, lost pixel and on the 10th floor and once you do that you need to find the portal once you do that you win the game uh you can play up to four players in this game it is a not a super difficult game and there is a good amount of luck but there is also ways to mitigate the luck luck um i will say though i absolutely love this game uh i would say you also need to play with the expansions there's two of them uh, the first one is the Catacombs of Etheria, and the second one is called Risk and Reward. Um, uh, it seems like the reviews that I've gotten for this game have also been positive. I know my buddy Jack played it, and for a while he said it was his favorite game because he loves Damn. getting loot and managing his statistics and his character and his abilities and the spells. Um, it is a very, very fun game. It's not a super hard game to even learn. It just it just takes a while to play. I mean, you're just continuously getting cards and fighting new monsters or walking through this dungeon it's fun i really like it i've still never gotten to play this one i know we need someday i need i need to we need to play for sure um number four is master of disguise this seems to go well for everybody i have not played this game (laughs) unless you're my sister yeah um (laughs) if you i have not played this with really anybody and like one round of it and somebody just say can we play something else it's always let's play another round um we played this i think a week or two ago and i was like all right you guys want to do something else and like nope keep let's keep it going (laughs) um (laughs) yes this is a very fun game in which everybody is given a card and they're all the exact same cards so maybe for example everybody has something that says the police officer well one person at the table has a card that says Master of Disguise. Now everybody's going to start asking each other yes or no questions in which the other person will have to reply yes, no, or maybe. Now the point of this is we're trying to suss out the uh, basically the Master of Disguise. We, if we can guess who the Master of Disguise is with, a, um, you know, with everybody actually agreeing, yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I think Doug over there is the Master of Disguise. If everybody agrees, then Doug reveals his card. If he is, then he loses and everybody at the table wins. 
Um, if he isn't, then the actual master of disguise wins, and he was <laughs> he was good enough to basically fool everyone. Uh, but of course, at any point, the master of disguise can say, "I think you guys are the the police officer." So making your questions more general and less specific will be the key in this game because you're really trying to whittle out who the master of disguise is. It's such a great game. I have so much fun playing it every time. Um, ah, yeah, this game's great. Obviously, I lo love hidden role games considering that we uh, grew up playing murder at like every family party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What and actually, that's kind of a terrible game because it never actually goes anywhere. It's true. It's just fun to kill people. I think what <laughs> I want to do is uh, when I come home in a couple of weeks, I want to bring this one game called Werewolf. It's a small little card game, but it's very much like murder. But instead of there being a murderer, there's one player at the table who's a werewolf. And uh, every single night, the werewolf kills somebody, and you're trying to do the best you can to try to figure out who this werewolf is. It's a fun game. Oh, man, I have a blast with that one. Um, so I'll probably bring that one. It's small enough. Uh, all right. My number three game is Amethyst. Amethyst. I also have a blast with, um, it's one of my newer games as well. Um, I kind of based this off some of the things that Carol likes in games <laughs> like gems <laughs> and simplicity. Um, even though there is depth nice. to the game, it's not a very hard game to understand and the rules seem very simple, but it's when you start to make certain plays, it's like one of those games where it's easy to learn, but hard, I wouldn't even say hard to master, but you're just trying to come up with really cool wombo combos to, you yeah, know, uh, like kill that. the different monsters or go for a different set of cards or, uh, you know, really stack up on gems to really then start using those gems to build new items. It's, it's a super easy, simple, fun game. Um, I really like this game a lot. It seems to go well with everybody as as I've played it with most of my gaming groups. Uh, so, yeah, Amethyst, fun times. I enjoys it. Yeah, um, I like it. Number two is the now current Spellbook. I guess you can call it Spellbook 2.0. <laughs> <coughs> um, and then you'll cough yourself to death. Yep. <laughs> Spellbook is a game that I've talked about on the, the podcast before, in which you are just basically uh, building a deck of cards. You start off with a very simple deck, but then you uh, get a bunch of spells in your hand. This is the game that's basically based off of uh, uh, Star Realms, which is fine. I like Star Realms a lot, uh, but I also take aspects from other deck building games, including my own mechanisms that I've put in the game as well. So that's why I can't co fully consider it like a ripoff, even though it does... The main mechanism is you fight back and forth with it, and that's what Star Realms does. But Star Realms doesn't have, I think, even half the mechanisms that I've put in this game. So I don't know. I go back, back and forth with it. But I really, this is my go-to deck building game. If I want a quick, simple, you know, twenty-minute deck building game, this is it. Um, I can't think of any game that's better than this. Um, Star Realms used to be that yeah. game for me, but now that this has a little bit more depth and you know, some fun stuff that you could do with the rally and uh, the familiars and all sorts of fun stuff. I really, really like this this game. <clears throat> Take that, Star Realms. You're crap now. <laughs> I'm going to doo-doo <laughs> on you. Um, all right. And then my number one is my second, I guess, newest game called Starfall. Starfall, wow, I have... Uh, this is so weird to me because I'm not a sci-fi guy at all. Um, I I think I enjoy some stuff. Uh, in the sci-fi universe, in this, <laughs> there may have been one thing I enjoyed. <laughs> it's some... hard to remember. 
It was um, when I was a wee little boy. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> lean more towards the the fantasy stuff. I think, as Kevin would probably uh, agree, that I do. Um, I love fantasy. I like goblins. Uh, you need to put golems and slimes in games, or else those aren't even considered games. Um, and um, then I decide to task myself with this idea of like making just a space game with where I can just put whatever I want in a space game that sounded sci-fi enough. And I was just like, all right, I'll just throw that in. <laughs> so I found these game pieces and some other stuff off of uh, the game crafter that could help me basically form the idea of making kind of like a four X game, which is uh, explore, exploit, expand and exterminate. Um, and that's what I did with like action. I don't know how I came up with this idea, but uh, anyways, um, I would say if I, if you were talking to me a month ago, Starfall would have been further down the list. Um, but after a few minor tweaks that I've done with a couple additional add-ons that kind of, I think, give the game its fullness, um, hmm. I think this game, it, it's really, I mean, it's definitely my thinkiest of games that I've made. It's the, probably the heaviest, not in terms of weight, but like... Uh, like puzzling in this, uh, it's the heaviest yeah, game I've definitely. Back to the Future. It's it's such a Heavy. fun game. It's uh, basically you get a what what is called a dashboard. The dashboard is your player mat, and you're going to be doing different things from this dashboard. And then you've got a main board in which you'll be exploring different planets on, going up different tech tracks on. You'll be trading in some of your gold for different resources or even upgrading some of your actions to have more actions. You only get five rounds in the game, and it's up to you on how many times you can play in a certain round because you can just play two turns in a round, or you can, depending on how many upgrades you have, you can play maybe four or five different turns in a round. Um, but what you're trying to do is have the most points at the end of the game, and you do that, you win. Um it, it it has all the cool words that I wanted to put in there, like technologies <laughs> and upgrades and alien species and exploration <laughs> or space exploration <laughs> and worlds and uh what else, what are the words I wanted to put in there? Uh I don't know. Mission did I say missions? I don't even know. <laughs> but I wanted to put a bunch of these words in there and every time I thought of a word I was like, Well, how can I make that a thing? So <laughs> So, uh, I'll never do a sci-fi game again. How do I how do I work the word alien into this game about space <laughs> creatures? Yep, basically. Um, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely love this game. Um, I do not have a solo for it, but uh, this is a game that I'll be bringing home so I can confuse my entire family with. And then uh, yeah. I'll come back here and uh, uh, just absorb the feedback. Yeah, I think for the most part, I've played this now uh, with my one game group and I've played it with Carol a couple times. Uh, and just some of those minor tweaks just really, you know, fill this game out to, uh, I think the best possible way. It'll probably take about an, I would say per person, maybe about 20, 25 minutes per person. So if I'm playing a two player game, we're talking about, a, you know, 50 minute game, 45 to 50 minute game, four players, you're talking about an hour and a half, maybe. Um, and that, and that's the perfect time. That was what I was aiming for, for this game. Uh, it was about an hour, hour and a half. Um, Oh, I like this game a lot. It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, those are my top games of uh, all time that I've made so far today. Yeah, up to date. Yep. <laughs> More to come, I'm sure. Probably before the end of the year. Oh, God, I hope not. 
<laughs> you say that now, but the second you stop, you'd be like, fuck, I'm bored. <laughs> I need to make a game. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> hey, at least I went with this one because I remember almost throwing this one to the back burner, or well, Starfall. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do this now because then they, uh, I came up with this grand scheme of ideas for Starfall. And then they started getting rid of some of the pieces that I wanted. I was like, ah, screw this. I'm not going to be able to even print this all out um, because they're running out of the pieces. And they did. They ran out of most of them. Um, but they still have some of the main pieces that I needed for the game. So I was like, okay, well, let's hurry up and push this one out before those pieces go as well. So I did that and I made it work. Thank God. And now it's one of my favorite <laughs> games of all time. So it just works. Just in under the deadline. Yep. It's fun. Now you gotta start a sweatshop in China to keep making them. I did the I redid the board. I think I showed you on the last episode or whatever, and uh the board came in this last week and it just looks amazing. Oh my god, dude. Uh-huh. It came out so good. Um I'm so happy with it. It looks incredible. You'll look at it and you'll be like, Well, that's not Pete's game. I'll be like <laughs> Yes it is. Yes, it is Pete's game. <laughs> Don't you see all the black? That's definitely my game. <laughs> I wanted to put in there even stuff from like Firefly, those uh, the Reapers or whatever they're called. I can't remember. Yeah. But I even put like stuff in this game that's like that. I was like, man, I just want to keep doing all these fun things. It's good. I like this game a lot. Well, there may be an expansion someday. Maybe. Probably a planet's <laughs> expansion uh, to do like pickup yeah. delivery. I don't know. We'll see what happens kind of like firefly or like uh harrison ford style you just... <laughs> like planet express on futurama there you go yeah exactly <laughs> <clears throat> i like it pick up this package and deliver it to this planet <laughs> we'll see yeah that I'm, sounds awesome i'm already having I'm ideas all righty um <laughs> they're sparking up yep i don't want that i thought i was done <laughs> all right, but all right, let's talk into uh, Jane Silent Bob all right. reboot. All right, so yeah, we're going to talk about a little movie that just came out last year called Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Uh, this is Kevin Smith's latest movie, the sequel to 2001's Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. Um, the first movie in his view, a universe, uh, universe since Clerks 2. Uh, it's been many, many years since he's kind of revisited these characters, and he came back last year with a new movie uh, based on these characters. Uh, he kind of crowd, he didn't crowdfund it, but it, it was a different model uh, than normal films where uh, he just kind of got some money from Saban Films. They made the movie. And instead of doing a whole like theatrical release, he kind of tours with it from you know town to town, basically, going to a lot of the big cities and showing it there and doing Q&As afterwards. And... The good news is, like, within the first couple of shows, like, he made his money back and everything. So, like, they're, the people who invested in this movie are getting their, you know, money back and then some. So this seems like it'll be his model going forward. And that's kind of opened up the doors for, you know, the Mallrats thing to happen again, which had kind of failed before. And it got him and, uh, you know, Jeff Anderson talking again. So that's going to lead to Clerks 3. And they'll actually have money for that. <laughs> So that's good. So this has kind of restarted, rekindled his love affair with films, it seems like, uh, in a way that Yoga Hosers maybe didn't. <laughs> Although he seemed, you know, happy with that movie, but... I didn't. Most of the, yeah. <laughs> most of the people, not so much. <laughs> um, so what did you think overall of Jay and Silent Bob reboot? I didn't like this movie. Um... Oh. 
<laughs> I had to skim through some of it because there was parts that were so slow, and I was like, oh, God, we got to move. We got to move on. Um, <laughs> I think I, it's only about an hour and a half long, but it's an hour I do and 45 kind of minutes. Um, okay. I will. There was parts that made me laugh, that's for sure. But it's almost that slapstick comedy. It's like, well, if you don't, if you didn't have a soul, then I could understand you not laughing. But if you have a soul, then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that was kind of funny. Um, there was a few of those moments in the movie, um, but most of it was just like so many callbacks, so many callbacks and fan. Yeah, a lot of callbacks. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Fan. Uh, fan service. Fan service. So much fan service. <laughs> I didn't yeah, even think that, a lot I, of uh, <laughs> meta, like fourth wall type stuff involving the actual actors and stuff, which I mean was part of the first movie, but it seemed like that was the the most thing that they were going for in this movie, like more so than anything else. Was that that's the well they're going to keep going to? And some of it was fine. Like I liked the part where like Ben Affleck's like, oh, you could have been <laughs> like Thomas Wayne or even like the mother. Mm. What was her name? <laughs> <laughs> Whose name escapes me? <laughs> um, and that, that, that part makes me laugh so fucking hard. That was when I first saw this movie. I was like, "Oh my god, that was the greatest moment in all of film history." Or even like Jason <laughs> Lee when he was uh, doing this. It's like, "Well, yeah, or, you know, they don't even do sequels anymore." Or squeakquels, and I was like, "That was kind of funny. That was dumb but funny." Um, so you see a lot of that stupid humor in there. It's like, okay, I guess I get it. That was that made me laugh. But then there's like so much. Like the worst was when um, Kevin Smith's daughter shows up and that's where the movie completely goes downhill i was on, oh. i was on board up until that point and then i was like okay all right okay okay and then that's when i started skimming so much skimming i was like <laughs> okay we gotta get past this this is awful it's awful it's awful i thought she was better in this movie than i've seen her be in everything else i'm pretty sure i that can't means... tell if she's a man or a woman <laughs> Uh, the one thing that, that bothers me with her performance in this is kind of she seems wildly inconsistent. <laughs> like I get that the character is kind of warming up to Jay as the thing goes along, but she seems like a completely different character from the first scene to the later scenes. I couldn't. I mean, she's talking like a serial killer those first couple of scenes. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, love you. <laughs> it's like, all right, lighten up a little bit. I don't. I get that you don't like these guys, but you're you're doing a little too hard. Yeah, I didn't like her character at all. The deaf girl was too much. I didn't like the uh, villain at the end. It was pretty awful. Um, <laughs> that we need to talk about because it literally makes no sense. None. Uh, I mean, these plot the plot in the first one isn't exactly the highlight either, but at least it made sense that, that they're robbing this jewelry store and they're going to pin it on Jay and Silent Bob and kind of have this distraction of them breaking in this animal lab. It's like, all right, that makes sense. That tracks. But the, the plot of this movie ends up being that the one, the Chinese girl that they're trying to get to this Chronicon convention um, is not actually just a little Chinese girl who loves the movie. She is a Russian like super spy essentially who was there to assassinate Kevin Smith, um, the director, uh, you know, actual Kevin Smith, um, to, you know, do it on like the internet. So it'll blow up and all this kind of shit. But the, what was the point of this? Like, why did you have to con these girls and get there that way? When like, clearly there's all these cockmando guys who have gotten in with guns, <laughs> So know. they had clearly had all the access to this place that they needed. 
there was no reason for them to do this complicated. We had to hike across country to get here. Like she could have gotten there a million ways. She's got the whole Russian government behind her. Yep. <laughs> it literally makes no sense. Yeah. Um, that to, not to mention they kind of they set up at the beginning of the movie that basically Jay and Silent Bob can't call themselves Jay and Silent Bob anymore because they signed these papers that the film studio had them sign. Um, and that they never really resolve that. <laughs> like they saved Kevin Smith's life. So you would think maybe he, you know, gives them their names back or lets them use their names. But there's really no resolution there. No. You never find out anything. <laughs> no. They just kind of do this fourth wall break where like, all right, time to wrap up the movie. And it's like, oh, OK, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, this movie is blah, 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 blah. I mean, the first movie was definitely much better than this. And I haven't seen the first movie yeah. since I was probably a, in a junior in high school. So I couldn't tell you for sure. But I, I can tell you that this movie is definitely... Uh, not my favorite Kevin Smith movie, but there are funny parts. Don't get me wrong. But then there's just like, it's mostly just the, some of the stuff that like Jay says, which is just funny. Like you broccoli bitch. I was like, that's kind of funny too. I like that. <laughs> um, I like when uh, they're talking about like Saban films, you know, had, had stolen their, their names or whatever. And he's telling it to, to Jason Lee. And it's like, and it's because of Sabaro films. He means you, you mean Sabaro's? He's like, yeah, those pizza-making fucks. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. That's funny. There's a lot of little comedy and little 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 stuff in there, but overall, this movie just he does have some really good stuff. Like, I like when uh, later on, he's like, I promised your mom I wouldn't tell you I was your father, but if I kept every promise I ever made, then you wouldn't even be here. Because this one time, I promised your mom I wouldn't come in her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> did this movie come out seriously in 2001 the first one first one yeah jesus Christ. It came, sadly it came out like right around uh 9 11 so <laughs> it's kind yeah. of why or probably a reason of why it didn't do quite so well not a lot of people were looking for you know screwball comedies <laughs> it's true <laughs> um i will say who's the chick who plays justice in this movie i can't remember her name Oh, Shannon Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. She looks old and very saggy. Yeah. <laughs> Her acting seemed very off to me in certain parts. Also, yes. She was overdoing it. <laughs> it's so weird, like, but seeing all have... these people get older, and it's just like, hmm, boy, yep, it, it shows. It shows <laughs> right there. I love how Harley was like, I almost killed the older one. <laughs> She's talking about Jay, yeah. who's like, five years younger than Kevin Smith, but looks, you know, 10 years older, probably. Yep. He really does look like he's been through the ringer, which yep. he has. <laughs> it's true. Kevin Smith looks surprisingly good for being like 50 years old. Yep. It's held up pretty decently. Molly Shannon also looks like a bag of bags. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> says you hear you have a weight problem. <laughs> That was pretty good. Yeah. Some good cuts with uh, the whole thing that happened with Kevin Smith in real life. It's true. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, some of the cameos, like, I just didn't get or weren't that good. Like, one of the best parts of the first one <clears throat> was uh, Diedrich Bader's uh, security guard character. Like, all the stuff with him. He had so many amazing lines in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Whereas in this one, like, he shows up and it's just like, nothing 
I don't think he says a, literally anything that's remotely funny. It's true. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> Easily. A lot of the cameos didn't even make sense. They were just like, it was like just cameos that be, you know, to be, to be in the movie. Like Matt Damon. Yeah. It's like, you remember me? Oh, I was in the movie yeah. Dogma. I was like, oh, we're doing this? Just, I really love the Matt Damon scene, but it's like, why? Why is he narrating this one scene? <laughs> also, very like, hate- it was just like shoved in there. Like Chris Hemsworth was just shoved in there. I did like uh, Ben Affleck, and I'm not just saying that because I do enjoy Ben Affleck, but I love the idea of like the chasing Amy thing and the daughter's born and the daughter's name is Amy. It's like, that's cool. I like that. That yeah. was a, a cool part of that storyline, I guess. And it was fun yeah. to just like hear that weird recap, but then it was just like other things that just didn't make any sense. Like Jason Lee was fine. That made sense. It was all, it was a callback to the first one and you get all that cool, fun information from Jason Lee again. So that's cool. But then it's just like so many random cameos, like Joe Maglagonagono being that weird, uh, you know, police cop. It's like, well, why is yeah, the is he in here guy. just to be in here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like that Justin Long was basically playing his yeah. character uh, Zach and Mary, yeah, but now he's a lawyer somehow. <laughs> so they're kind of tying in his other movies, like uh, Jennifer Schwalbach, his wife, uh, who plays like the manager of the movies. Uh-huh. Um, she was basically saying the playing the same character she played in Yoga Hosers, who was like managing some restaurant in Canada. So uh, he's kind of trying to tie in his other movies that weren't part of this universe to kind of be part of this universe now. I guess that part was weird. So that's interesting, and I I hated. <laughs> the ending of that and it's like no i just had vegan it's like oh gross <laughs> stupid i didn't mind it she's hideous <laughs> she looks like a... she she is very old now <laughs> she was old then she's never been attractive at all she was never attractive in uh jan silent bob strike back or in clerks <laughs> 2 when she tried to be even hotter somehow and then yeah. in this movie she looks like an old dirty fart she was definitely the weak link of that girl gang in the first one. Yes. Like these three hot girls and then this lady. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> it was noticeably uh, lagging behind. I do like the tie yeah, with the girls with all the different diversities. And <laughs> Jay's like, no, this is a reboot, not a remake, because you guys are all diverse. And I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> they took everything I like about justice. And changed just enough to make me pay for it again and added youth and diversity. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty great. But yeah, you're right about the Affleck scene. That that scene makes this whole movie for me because really all of that was good. Even just like seeing them together again, like this is the best version of Ben Affleck, I think. (laughs) He's good in some other things, like don't get me wrong, but I like him more when he's just kind of being fun easygoing Ben Affleck rather than playing like a, you know, serious character or something. Uh, I can go both ways with it. I did like him a lot in this movie. I like that him, like, it seemed like, you know, some of the characters from the other, you know, VSQ movies just kept bringing up their movies. Like, like I said with Jason Lee, where he said the squeak will, that was not the chipmunks or like Ben Affleck says, Argo, fuck yourself from Argo. It's like, okay. Well, he does the whole thing. He's like, they're oh, gone girl on <laughs> the town. Oh, I know. It's just us. Just us league. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. I get it. It was just—it was weird to just hear them going into their movies or the movies they've been in since yep. Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It was kind of their one go-to. It was like, hey, we'll make some jokes about this. It was sad like not seeing Randall in here at all. Oh, I yeah, know. the Loki thing. That was funny. Yeah, the Matt or the born identity thing. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> he was too. like, sent me back to Earth, but he sent me back to like the Atlantic Sea. <laughs> or the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> With no memory sea. of who I was. <laughs> yeah. It's like born again. That was pretty great. Almost like I was. My reborn identity. <laughs> <laughs> Like the Matt Damon scene, I've heard him talk about it, where it was like basically they were trying to get Matt Damon uh, the whole time, and then like he was he was away. I forget what movie he was filming, but he was in like England or something. So they couldn't get him until he got back, which was like way after they had finished filming the movie. So they kind of just did what they could with him with that scene there. But all you had to do was like have him do a couple like voiceover lines <laughs> to narrate a couple more scenes. Just that's it. You don't have to show him on camera anymore. He only did that one narrating sign right after yeah. we saw him, and I was like, "Oh, well, that'd be cool to see more of him or hear more of him throughout the movie." But no, that never happens after that scene. Yeah. Like, okay, we'll just shove things in the movie. Okay, I get it. <laughs> that is what it felt like. <laughs> oh man, I hated how Jay acted after uh, Kevin Smith's daughter Harley. Harley Smith gets in there. It's just like he was trying to be the protective father. And I was like, oh, God, this is so cringe. This is absolute cringe fest. I mean, I didn't hate, like, their relationship. Like, it was, it had its moments for sure. But I hated it. I think, like, Larry, Larry kind of mentioned when he was talking about this, he saw this recently. He's like, this is like the Chasing Amy of Jay and Silent Bob movies, where it's trying to be so serious at times, and it's got less of the comedy, which is fine. Like, I... I don't hate that, but it, at the same time, it's not exactly what I was hoping for in a movie like this, considering the first Jay and Silent Bob is just pure fun. I kind of wanted more of that. Yeah, this is not a movie that should be serious. I Probably out of all the Kevin Smith movies that are in that universe, specifically that universe, Chasing Amy is probably my favorite. But mm-hmm. this isn't. this shouldn't be that kind of a movie like you're saying. It should be that, you know, that funny, like dick jokes and get high kind of movie and then it just like i'm listening to jay be all serious with his daughter and try to be more of a father i was like Ugh, this is dumb it's like <laughs> when he started doing more and more of that that's when i started doing more and more of just skimming through okay let's get past it. like i i think i <laughs> skipped through the whole method man uh scene oh there was some good stuff in there oh i'm sure there <laughs> were, but i'll never see it oh damn it's not even that long of a scene. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, but I skipped through it. <laughs> I skipped through it nice. <laughs> How are you talking about love when you're flinging cum all over the place? Shit's unseemly, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> when Jason Lee is talking about like all the movies, it's like, hey, hey, don't you talk shit about those Marvel movies. Yeah, I live for those Marvel movies. I live on those Marvel movies. I watch them more than I watch Pornhub, and I come twice as hard doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> and I love the Stanley uh, tribute they had in yeah, the, uh, the credits that. there. I remember seeing that moment when he was doing that interview on the IMDb boat, and it's just—it's always good to see it on there because it's just God. These two guys, like, really—you can tell they care about each other and like being around each other. I was like, well, what's your line? It's like, I'm Silent Bob. Well, get out of here. Go bring me Jay. <laughs> I mean, that was only a couple of months before he died, and he was still so sharp. 
<laughs> Dude's like 95. <laughs> He's busting jokes on him and shit. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Really good to oh, see it's him. so good. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> we, did you say for the uh, the end credits, little uh, Marvel style end credits thing? Oh no, I didn't. I just stopped. I thought I just went to credits. <clears throat> Where you find out that they were the ones putting the gum in the locks for the oh. last twenty five years. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was good seeing everybody except for Randall. I wanted to see Randall. I also wanted to see uh, Elias. I know they should both be in clerks three now. Um, luckily he patched things up with Jeff Anderson. <laughs> Otherwise you really couldn't have made a clerks three, but now yeah. I'm glad he did. And they're, uh, they're, they're good again. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So that's good. Yeah. It was a big year for, for Kevin Smith, like patch things up with Ben Affleck, patch things up with Jeff Anderson. Good. I think things I are need, going. Yeah. Need more Randall in my life. Need more Elias in my life. Even though Elias will probably be all old and weird. I know. Um, I don't want too much Elias. I just need a tiny bit of Elias. I need a little bit of pillow pants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully he's still with that girl. <laughs> he's like 40 now. The pussy girl. <laughs> I do like the, uh, the idea of Clerks 3 that they've been talking about. So it should be hopefully interesting. <laughs> yeah. I hope. Well, we'll see what happens. I'll probably see that because I do enjoy the first Clerks and I do enjoy, very much enjoy the second Clerks. That movie is just hysterical. It really is. God, I can't wait for this next one. There's nothing better than the Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings. Like, there's just so much walking. Even the trees walk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's completely different, but it works so well. <laughs> Oh, I hope he puts a bunch of that kind of stuff in here because there's so much you could talk about. <laughs> like I did like it that he called out the uh, <laughs> Force Awakens in this yeah. movie. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, that's Star Wars. No, that's the Force Awakens. Yep. He's like, no, I thought that was the sequel. He's like, no, they don't do sequels anymore or sequels. And he makes like, sequels. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, God, yes, it was pretty good. <clears throat> Broccoli bitch. I love Lee during the uh, when they do the like look at the camera like who would still pay to see that or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like pulling it up. I love that. Didn't they do that in the first one too? Yeah, that was with Affleck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and then he did but, that. Uh, that, that, that. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, he was really going for it in that one too. Like he amped up the face thing even more. I know. He was really in it. <laughs> amped up the face and the tongue wobble. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to do mall rats uh, and get what's his face, the fat guy who's no longer fat. Fuck, what is his name? <laughs> oh, Ethan Suffley. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. He is a goddamn, like a WWE wrestler now. The dude is fucking ripped beyond ripped. He does not even look like Ethan Supley anymore. N nothing like him. Like I yeah, watched like a weird like video on him the other day, and he was just doing like a workout video, and I was like, "This is not the same guy. This is not the tuna that I remember." <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Shannon Doherty sticks around long enough to make this movie. Or she's got like stage four cancer. Oh, yeah, well, that's not good. 
And I haven't seen Jeremy London in years. Maybe he gained all the weight Ethan simply lost. <laughs> what was up with Val Kilmer's chin in this movie, huh? It looked like a straight up vagina. I think he's still he's still having a lot of problems. Like he, I guess, had some kind of like really traumatic throat surgery in recent years. Um, like I think I don't know if he had cancer or what, but he had this throat surgery. And as as of when they were doing this movie, like he's like, yeah, I want to be in it, but like I still can't talk. <laughs> so that's why he's basically had him playing, you know, blunt man, <laughs> so he wouldn't have to talk. That's perfect. <laughs> Which is a much better use of him than that movie, The Snowman, where they just kind of dubbed his voice. <laughs> oh, God. And some guy doesn't sound anything like him. It was terrible. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so. Oh, that movie was awful. It's like, this is all in English. Why is someone dubbing his voice? Why would you do this? I'm going to have to watch YouTube clips on that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's well worth it. Good, good, good. Uh, Melissa Benoist was playing in Chronic, and she looked great uh, in that costume. But man, I don't know what she was doing in this movie. She was like way overacting in a terrible way. That was not funny. Yeah, I didn't like any of that. No, like Tommy Chong was the best part of that scene, and I even had, he wasn't amazing. I had to actually skim through that as well. Once Tommy Chong showed up and started talking, I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, I skimmed through a lot after Harley, Harley uh, Smith came on. <laughs> oh, I, I I liked her in this movie. I thought she did have some really good line readings and that kind of thing. I don't mind her in like Tusk. That was fine because it was funny watching her do like this Canadian accent, and it worked. In this movie, I couldn't tell if she was trying to be a boy or a girl, and her look seemed weird, <laughs> and she just was like this weird girl. And I was like, ugh, I don't like any of this. This is weird, and I don't like it. Some girls can be weird, and it's fine. Like the chick, uh, oh man, I can't remember her actual name, but I do like her in stuff. Uh, who is at movies? Uh, the cashier register. Lady. Oh, Kate McCoochie. Yeah, I love her. She's hysterical. Uh, she's very strange and weird, and she works as a very strange and weird, weird person. But Harley Smith does not, <laughs> unless she's apparently Canadian. Yeah, that's what does it for you. <laughs> She had some good parts where she was like calling uh, Jay a dildo. <laughs> I always love that in movies. That's half the reason I love Murder Party so much, I think, is just because they call each other dildos the whole time. <laughs> I think she called him a genital cuff at one point. Yeah. Like, that's a great fucking too. It was in the car. <laughs> Overall. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely some good stuff, but a lot of it just kind of, eh. All right. You got any winners or losers this week? Um, let's see. Not a whole lot. I mean, we've already kind of touched on the birds of prey thing. That's kind of the biggest loser this week, I would say. Um, that thing fell way short of expectations. Yep. Um, and, and they're just like, they don't understand what the problem is. They keep trying to blame it on the R rating and shit like that. When it's like, that's not the problem. And now like, apparently that, uh, after changing the name and still nobody saw this movie, Apparently, SJWs are now trying a new tactic of trying to get this hashtag going of reasons why you should see Birds of Prey. Um, and here is the top, the most shared uh, tweet. I'll read this to you. Reasons to support Birds of Prey. I'm sure you're going to want to go out and watch the movie as soon as I read this. So get your, your pants on and your keys ready to go in hand. I'm not putting my pants on. <laughs> 
They can't make me. It's a film directed by an Asian woman, written by an Asian woman, with an Asian cinematographer, starring all women, one black, one Latina, one Asian, with multiple queer characters. There you go. Hashtag birds of prey. (laughs) What part of that would make anyone want to see this movie? It's already taken a shit in my eyes when they made Black Canary actually black. That makes no sense. <laughs> That's like racist, honestly. It is racist. Well, there's someone named with black in their name. We got them black. I'm pretty sure it was racist when they did that to the Black Ranger and the Yellow Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a Falcon. He should be Black Falcon. Come on, guys. <laughs> Can't you get behind this? We already did it with Black Panther. <laughs> it's the only way how people know <laughs> like saying you need to see a movie because it was directed by an Asian is just as racist as saying don't see this movie because it was directed by an Asian <laughs> <laughs> it should be neither here nor there this is not the type of thing that gets people to go to a movie you should be saying oh this movie's really hilarious this character is great like fucking <laughs> the action scenes were amazing like, no one's going to go because of these stupid identity politics reasons. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, you can't go because you won't wear pants. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, the other, only real winner I have this week is one that really just got added a couple of minutes ago. Well, not minutes ago. Now it's probably two hours ago now. But uh, I went to Taco Bell on the way home. And <laughs> they had a little something new called the uh, Buffalo Chicken Fries Burrito. Uh-huh. Go on. God damn, is it amazing. <laughs> they took their, you know, Taco Bell fries, put them in a burrito along with some, like, buffalo chicken. And it's just, it's the greatest thing I've ever had. I mean, except for the chili cheese burrito, but they won't fucking give me those. <laughs> I get them. I get them nice. Oh, makes me so angry. <laughs> Make me angry, Phil. <laughs> you should just buy a bunch and like put them in a cooler and ship them here. I'll just bring them when I come by, but I'll eat them before they get there. I'll let <laughs> you sniff the wrappers, though. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> well, um, the only other big news I want to talk about, I guess, is we were talking about Kevin Smith a little bit earlier. They announced the uh, the cast... For that, you know, he's doing that He-Man and the Masters of the Universe cartoon for Netflix. No. Oh yeah, he's doing uh, him and I think Mark Bernardin, uh, who he does Fat Man on Batman with. Uh, they have kind of been spearheading and headlining this Masters of the Universe cartoon for Netflix. That's supposed to kind of pick up where the old series from the '80s left off, I guess. Which uh, I'll probably have to go back and rewatch those because I loved it when I was a kid, but. Couldn't tell you where the fuck it left off. <laughs> I never watched a single episode. <laughs> I used to love that. I mean, I used to love the toys and those, the cartoon. It was all great when I was a kid. The toys are but... cool because I just remember you having them, and some of them were just just wacky toys. But I mean, man, <laughs> I never watched a single episode of that. I was just growing up at the wrong time, I guess. <clears throat> I mean, I watched some yeah, Thundercats. Nineties, like I'm, that was kind of over with. <laughs> I did Thundercats, and then, unfortunately, SWAT Cats took that spot. Or Street Sharks. 
That is definitely a step down. No, Swat Cats was such a good show. <laughs> or Creepy Crawlers. I don't think so. Creepy Crawlers was a great toy. I don't think it needed to be a show. But it was still a good one. <laughs> well, anyway, they announced the uh, the voice cast for this show. And it's pretty star-studded, I gotta say. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of the usual people I guess you would expect is like, I think Jason Mewes has a small role. Uh, I guess his daughter also has a small role. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Skeletor, they reached out to a little guy named Mark Hamill. I can see that. So yeah, hopefully he's say. actually trying to do the Skeletor voice and not just doing it as the Joker. He's going to do I'm it hoping. as the Joker like he does with everything. <laughs> Yeah, just like Chucky and <laughs> Hobgoblin on Spider-Man. Like, I want to see him doing that. Like, the actual, you know, trying to copy that voice as much as he can. Um, but they got Henry Rollins is playing one of the villains, which that's pretty cool. I like that. I like me some Henry Rollins. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is going to be on this show. Alicia Silverstone. Um, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. Huh. So they got some actual big names involved with this. So I guess they're putting some money into this, it sounds like. Are they big now? <laughs> Tony Todd, he's still at the height of his popularity. No. I think he died <laughs> after all of the Candymans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> I mean, he was a voice on The Flash Show for a little bit. Like, who even is Sarah Michelle Gellar anymore? <laughs> Mrs. Freddie Prince Jr.? Mm. No, <laughs> it's not doing it for me. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't been doing a whole lot recently. I think she's just been one of those people who just, you know, kind of quit to raise her kids and that kind of thing. You know what's interesting? I saw this on, uh, I don't remember what random news article i was reading but uh they got the whole cast to come back to the ghostbusters except for one person oh, that, no. and that's rick moranis which is very sad Damn it! but the strangest part is is they're rebooting or remaking or i think it might actually even be a sequel now that i'm thinking about it i think it is a sequel to honey i shrunk the kids and rick moranis is going to be in it what <laughs> <laughs> Huh. I, I thought that was very strange. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> that, that's, yeah, why? That <laughs> seems like a bad choice. I mean, I love Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, and I grew up in the era of Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, which was not a good movie, but I still enjoyed it <laughs> as a child. But What else is there to do? Like, I mean, the kids have already shrunk the adults. What, <laughs> like, what else is there for him to come back and do? I don't know. Honey, We Shrunk Our Genitals? <laughs> honey i blew honey, up the I kids the condom while it was on <laughs> now it's very tight and won't come off i don't understand what they would do because i don't know if any of those actors besides rick moranis are even still alive <laughs> honey i shrunk the size of our cast <laughs> <laughs> honey i killed With our cast <laughs> Honey, I shrunk our box office. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really angry that he's doing that one and not the Ghostbusters one. 
it's cool. Yeah, I, just I'm show gonna, him for like one scene or something. I'll be very, very happy to see him back into acting. I haven't seen him since Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves. That was the last movie he did. Yeah, he really did drop off face of the earth for a long time there. He did do some voice acting in a few different like Disney cartoons or whatever DreamWorks or whatever, but he didn't. That was his last like live action role. So it, that's kind of funny that the one that's going to get him to come back is <laughs> another Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie. I wonder if maybe it's just they didn't have any room for him in this one because it's set in like you know some place out in the rural parts of America or something where it's not like all these people are just going to be there so there's no reason for Louis Tully to just show up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's Maybe possible. if they do a sequel, he'll show up or something like that. Um, I did see, uh, I guess, in this summer, we've got Bill and Ted coming out with that new movie. Um, the only thing that makes me... Well, I guess I'm not upset. I haven't seen anything about it yet, but of course, this one I think is going to be more centrally, uh, you know, focused on uh, Bill and Ted's daughters. Yeah, that which, seems like a problem. <laughs> well, we don't know that yet. I mean, I'm not going to judge if it's going to be a weird, you know, obviously like SJW flick. Then I'm going to steer very clear away from it. But I did see a an image of uh, Bill and Ted in the telephone booth, and that looks cool. Uh, it's funny that. Keanu Reeves has shaved his beard, but at least kept his hair long, so that's good. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see it because I'm wondering if they're going to do the the young old uh, technology because in the Super Bowl they did the weird Ted. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, or Bill <clears throat> rather, uh, being young and old. I finally saw the Walmart commercial. I think like two days ago, so <laughs> I was cool seeing. Yeah, that, I showed so. at the movie theater a lot now. Yeah. Noticed. Oh well, I hope that they do some of that which would be neat um but yeah i mean hopefully it's not just centrally lo- uh, focused on the daughters but i feel like it probably will be yeah that's the problem is it seems like that's what they're going for which is a real problem considering they've already shown the future and we know what's supposed to happen they're just trying to be like no now that that now that didn't happen they're they're just old and they never got big <laughs> it's like what we've seen the future we know they do you can't just change it now. Give me those big boots. I need to see the big boots. <laughs> it's either nerf or n- nerf or nothing. <laughs> Station. At least, hopefully, death won't look too old. Hopefully, all the makeup they put on him will keep him looking his old, young self. <laughs> Woof. We'll see. <laughs> I hope. Can only hope. But, um. I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some other movies. Um, I know you saw a movie recently. Uh, yep. <laughs> so nice. A little movie called. Yeah, 1917. You saw a new movie. Yeah, it's been a long time. Look at you. <laughs> it was okay. I would have probably yeah, waited to see I something think. different. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, wow, this is so impressive how they did this all in these long, long ass takes. Yep. But I still like this not nearly as much as I like Little Monsters. And that was just filmed in like a black room with one little sparkle going across. One cartoon sparkle. Yep. I definitely I like Little Monsters so much, much more. more. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, it works, I guess. I guess it works. Yeah. Uh, it is very, it's, it's more impressive than anything else. Uh, and there are some really great shots in there, but... As I've told a bunch of other people, it's like one of these things is like, okay, well, now we got some down moments because they want to get all this in one take. So it's like, okay, I guess we'll just wait here and watch them drive, drive in the back of a truck for a little bit. All right, this is fine. 
<laughs> oh no, they. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because you're kind of along, you know, on the journey with them, and it can't just be, you know, nonstop someone shooting at them the entire time. No, I get that. It's what just it's shocking that, that it's sound? just like uh, I just didn't need to see all of that. <clears throat> they could have cut some of the movie out, like the Irish bin. It's like okay, you could have cut some of this out. <laughs> they should have filmed that in real time. Oh, God. <laughs> this movie is thirty hours long. <laughs> Joe Pesci called Robert De Niro kid in the beginning of that movie, and I don't know why. <laughs> That was weird. <laughs> he's like 50. <laughs> Even he's with like, the de-aging. He's like older than 50. <laughs> well, I mean, he looked 50. Yeah, well, Real, that's true. Much, much older, but even with the de-aging, he still looked about 50. <laughs> he was no kid. They didn't de-age him until like 20. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, I saw a couple of movies since the last time we did this. Uh, the rhythm section... I don't really think there's much to talk about there. It's just kind of lame. <laughs> uh, this was the Blake Lively movie where she's kind of like this woman who her family all kind of died in this plane crash and she was supposed to be on there. So she feels all guilty and it kind of just starts off gross where she's her, you know, she was like this promising college student and shit and she had this family that loved her. And like now she's just working as a prostitute and she's like addicted to crack and shit like that. <laughs> just like, oh, no. Like and so eventually she kind of realized like, this reporter approaches her about um, the fact that this plane crash wasn't an accident. Like this, we believe this was a terrorist thing, and she ends up getting trained by Jude Law, and then she kind of hatches this whole thing to try to go after the terrorists. Um, it's kind of you know one of those things you've seen a million times before, and it's just not great. I mean, I feel like it's gotten really lambasted. <laughs> And it wasn't that bad, but it's also not good. <laughs> so that's the rhythm section. The other movie I saw was a little movie called Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this was one where I saw the trailer a couple months ago and was like, what? <laughs> But actually, it's a decent enough premise for a horror movie. Turning Fantasy Island into a horror movie could be a, actually a pretty good idea. Did they put Tattoo um, in there? <laughs> funny enough, um, it's kind of a Tattoo origin story. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Let that sink in. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like I said, it, it has some good potential. But boy, does it go downhill quickly. Um, just a terrible, terrible movie. Is Ricardo Montalban in there? No, they got Michael Pena to be kind of him. And he was just kind of very lackluster. He's got nowhere near the charisma that Ricardo Montalban's got. Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, just like a flat line the entire time. Um, all the fantasies are just super fucking basic and lame and like you could have gone some really dark directions and made this really cool but no you just went with this pg-13 super safe bullshit like first thing that comes to mind like terrible terrible bullshit and then even worse like they try to start linking everything together uh and have this like overarching plot that kind of just by the end of the movie just gets so complicated and out of nowhere that you're just like 
this is this is so dumb. Why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. This is I think the second one that Blumhouse has actually put their name on, where it's like it was Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, and this is Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Uh, both of them had Lucy Hale in them, and fucking they got to stop doing that because every time they do that they turn out terrible both of those movies are shit and she especially in this movie was just fucking ridiculous um she was not good well there we go <laughs> yeah so stay away from fantasy island looking forward to blumhouse's invisible man <laughs> <laughs> me too Lucy Hale's the Invisible Man. Even though you can't see her, she's still annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Well, I don't have high hopes for Brahms the Boy 2 this week, so. Might be a while. Tell the Invisible Man. Maybe you shouldn't go see it. Yeah, that's true. You make a good point. <laughs> you don't have to see all of the movies. Unless it's Sonic related. <laughs> I did see Parasite again. Since it won the uh, best picture, they've started showing it in theaters again. So I was like, all right, I'll go I'll go check it out again. Still yeah. pretty good. No. Oh, I'm not gonna watch it. Oh, I should say I'm not gonna read yeah. it. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Nobody's got time for that kind of shenanigans. <laughs> I just can't do it, man. I, I cannot watch a movie if I'm reading it. I'm physically stuck <laughs> just looking at words, and I have no idea what's going on in the screen. No idea. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad, because there are times where there's not a whole lot of talking. You, you can kick, like, keep up and know what's going on. Yeah, well, I could do that with Serbian film as well. <laughs> it's true. You watch that one, though. Because there's not a lot of talking, thankfully. It's just a lot of doing. <laughs> Let's talk more do. That's how they communicate. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I need to watch that movie at some point. I don't want to, but I feel like I need to. I need to watch. There's a few movies that have come out in the disgusting uh, movie market, I guess. Uh, <laughs> one movie called Grotesque, which I need to see. Hmm. Um. Man, there's another one that's I've okay. seen. Grotesque is disgusting, man. I watched like a review on it on YouTube. It's basically it's like hostile on steroids. Uh, it's basically <laughs> a guy named I think his name is Doctor Grotesque or Doctor something. I can't remember. Um, but it's like an Asian doctor. It's like a Japanese movie or whatever. Um, okay. Who basically captures this young Asian couple, and it's just crazy torture porn the whole time. And the best part about this movie is because this guy's a doctor, he resuscitates them, you know, basically sews up all their wounds, gets them back up to healthy in this beautiful, clean, like, doctor's office. And they, he says, yeah, well, I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, you guys did everything that I needed you to do. <laughs> Just, like, drugs them and redoes it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the warden in Human Centipede 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's so crazy um but yeah it's uh i want to see it the whole thing um but i can't find it anywhere i guess it's on like a couple different streaming things so we'll see but i, I can't just get everything that i need off of a review 
I need to see this one fully through. But this one's another one where you have to read, unfortunately. But thankfully, there's not a whole lot of reading because it's just, again, a whole lot of doing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's one I want to see. Uh, there's a couple that I've seen that are pretty awful. Um, I think it's called The Bunny Game, which is really gross. And the then, Bunny Game? Yeah, <laughs> that one's a... That seems misleading. Yeah, it oh, is. A fun family adventure. No. No, not that one. Don't watch that one with your family. Um, <laughs> oh man, there's a couple of that I've seen, but yeah, the grotesque is one that I want in my uh, my collection. One I don't have in my collection is like the hostel collection. I need the hostels in my life. <laughs> do you really need two and three? I've seen them. You, I don't think you do. Oh, I've seen them as well. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> <laughs> I heard the collector. There's gonna Isn't be a third three collector in, like, this Vegas? year. Really? Yeah. I'm hoping big things for that, and I'm hoping for a Funko Pop of that. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Speaking of, when are they going to actually, They uh, Kevin Smith brought it up in the movie, but when are they going to make an Iron Bob? <laughs> Funko Pop. Because I'll buy it. Iron Bob. Yeah. When he, remember when Silent Bob puts on like the Iron Man type armor? <laughs> Oh, I must have skimmed through that. <laughs> oh, no. It's such a good part. <laughs> <clears throat> is it? I'm Jay, and this is my hetero life mate, Iron Bob. <laughs> mm. Is it? Marvel going to sue somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty damn great. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to look. <laughs> all right well let's end this thing i'm done talking about this stuff all right everybody well this has been another hilarious episode from the original janksters my name's peter jank that's kevin jank and as always remember to flip your tip and say hello to your valentine and happy valentine's day <laughs> that was days ago <laughs> oh no i've messed up so bad then. <laughs> all right everybody i have to go sew up some wounds i'll talk to you later bye 